0: Hello, iTrackBites family, and welcome to another episode of the Member Spotlight Series, where I get to interview different members on their weight loss journeys. Today's episode features our one and only head coach, Lisa, that proves that no matter what is thrown our way, we can still keep swimming towards our goal. Let's get this episode started. So, um, without further ado, Lisa, introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you are.
1: Okay, so if you are part of the main iTrackBytes Bites. Uh, Facebook group. You guys will have seen me and Sarah around for ages. I'm also pretty active in the community with Amy, and you know we we have a really awesome small team of coaches that you will see across Facebook and in the community. And if you haven't seen me and you don't know me, the short version is this: I have been with iTrackBytes since before Sean. Uh, Took it over, so I jumped on the iTrackBytes train when it was not much more than pen and paper tracking, basically. So in the original app, and I've seen it develop and grow, and I've seen the community become what it is today. And it's just something that I am so excited to not only be a part of, but also you know to to have such a a history with and 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 a contribution towards. So part of what Jordan's talking about is Sarah and I started talking a couple of months ago about adding another weekly live series to the Facebook groups. So Jordan does these fantastic member spotlights and like the faces of Bites kind of thing, but a lot of members had been saying that they were missing something like the original WW meetings were in, you know, the early 2000s, where you had this paper brochure that covered a weekly topic, and then you had like a recipe and all this kind of stuff. So Sarah and I started talking about bringing that back to the main Facebook group. So that's a side project that we're working on. And that kind of spawned into this new podcast series that uh, Jordan is working on with the team. And we have come up with what I think is going to be an amazing solution for everybody. I have a couple of podcast series coming up. The, the, the first one is we're going to do a retrain your brain. If you have watched any of my other videos, any of my lives, if you know me from YouTube, um, or even just what I tend to post you know that I'm all about sustainability. I think that we need to create and develop habits that change our relationship with food on a core level, not just change how we're tracking or change how, you know, what plan we're on. We actually need to get into the core of how we can develop habits that last a lifetime. So this is the last time that you're having to do this. So you're not on this dieting merry-go-round where you're constantly losing and then you regain, and then you start over and then you know the wagon drives you into the woods and, and a burst of flames. Let's get rid of all of that. And the only way that that's going to happen is if the way you lose weight is sustainable in the long term. So if you hate weight loss, if you hate cooking, if you hate making recipes, if you hate tracking. If these things are constantly in the forefront of your mind, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. It is extremely difficult to be successful long-term. So the first series that I'm going to do is how do you change that? And for those of you who don't know me, uh, I've been a dog trainer for 25 years. Now, I recently, because of health issues, had to give that up. But if you have a dog, who is afraid of having their nails trimmed, right? They panic, they hate it. What you do is you create a completely different response by pairing it with something good. And we're gonna talk about how do you change that hatred of certain aspects of weight loss into something that you can see yourself doing for years in the future. And I think it can be a really powerful tool if you can kind of get that under your belt. So that's one of the first things that I really wanted to address is how do we start changing these these negative habits and into something that benefits us and helps us be more successful. And the, the, the second one, which I'll just briefly mention because I haven't kind of worked it all out yet. My birthday is in a few weeks and assuming that my car is okay, because it's, still sitting at the mechanics, Um, (laughs) assuming that it's okay. I am going to take the first road trip that I haven't driven anywhere or gone anywhere from, you know, any length of time. I've been hermited in my house for like 18 months because I have a lot of autoimmune stuff. And so even before COVID became a problem, like we were having problems with influenza in the school system. And I, it's bad for me to even get that. So I started kind of hermit life way, way before everybody else was doing it. I was doing it. So I haven't gone anywhere in a long time. But if I can, I am going to do a like three or four day road trip, which for me is a huge thing. And I'm going to do a vlog series to go along with that that talks about how do you stay on track when you're traveling, when you're driving, when you're in the car with kids and, you know, you've got all of that to deal with. How do you deal with being at a motel? How do you deal with eating out? How do you deal with continental breakfasts and and things like that? So I'm actually traveling over Cinco de Mayo. And so I'm going to go out specifically to tackle Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo. You know, how do you do that and still stay on track? And so I'm hoping to do uh, a multi-part series using my road trip as a base too. So that's, I thought that was, it's going to be fun. So I'm excited. uh, And then when I get back, I'll give Jordan and everybody all the, like all this raw vlog stuff. And we will portion that out into blogs and podcasts and we'll make sure that you have access to all this awesome information as we go.
0: Yeah, no, I was super excited when you brought that up to me about that you're traveling and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't wait to listen to it myself because y'all like, it took me 655 miles to get to where I'm located at right now in our fifth wheel. So we know all about the stopping at fast food, stopping at the gas stations, doing this and doing that. That's why I'm super excited for you to do this. So then that way so many people can see that you can stay on track if you want to.
1: Me and Amazon had a date in the wee hours of the morning. I was like, I need to order a better mask. I need to order. So like I, uh, with what's going on with me, inflammation and autoimmune wise, I like, like my chest is tight now. Like it's, I'm not doing anything and I'm still a little tight. So my activity is extremely limited. So I'm taking my cane. I'm taking, you know, the, like, so the plan, (laughs) the plan. I've never been to Dollywood, Mm. and it's about a a three-and-a-half-hour drive from me to Pigeon Forge, and they are doing a flower and food festival. Just happens to be on during the time that I'm there. Yeah, And from a photography standpoint, I'm really excited about, like, I can't or wouldn't ride most of the rides, but I'm really excited to see the shows and like be able to photograph everything. There's so much to do in Pigeon Forge itself that I've never done.
0: Oh, you are going to love it. You are going to love it. Pigeon Forge is where me and my wife eight years ago went on our honeymoon at. And I still to this day want to take my kids because it's just, just,
1: and I'm going for me. So, so speaking of kids, uh, so if you guys don't know me, I don't have kids that don't have four legs and fur. Okay. So I've got, (laughs) (laughs) I I only have fur kids. And I'm not a huge fan of, like, other people's children. If my dogs <laughs> behave better than other people's children, I'm, 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 like, trying to get away from them. But, um, so I'm going, the, the, they're only open to, for the festival part, like, certain days out of the, out of the normal week. And then, of course, the weekends. So I've timed it. They are open on the 5th, which is a. Thursday I think. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's not going to be it certainly won't be as busy as it would have been later. So I'm hoping I can just kind of amble along at my own pace. Yeah. Um and I know a lot of times when we travel one of the best things to do is to park your car and kind of walk where you can or take public transport and Pigeon Forge it looks like has a really good trolley system yeah that I should be able to kind of get around to just about anything I think I'm actually going to stay in the town up from that, Serversville, Serviceville, uh-huh. what whatever the one above that is, um, and then I'll catch a trolley down and do like as much walking as
0: <laughs> as my will allow. You're, you're going to have so much fun, Lisa. I can't wait. Oh Honestly, I can't wait. So. The other, like, besides just everybody has to know that I'm super excited about the new podcast series that is coming out because I love talking to members. I love doing all the things that I do, but it's so nice to be able to, I listen to it myself. So when I record it, I already know because I just went through it. This is why I'm so excited because Lisa's taking over a portion of it for a podcast series that I get to every single week tune in myself on Apple Podcast on my iPhone to be able to listen. So that's why I'm excited because, you know, I love doing podcasts. I love doing everything I do for iTrackBytes. But the fact that now there's going to be something else that I'm kind of involved in, but every week is a new week for me that I get to finally listen to it. That's why I'm so excited.
1: I think the development and the direction that we're seeing this company go and grow in since. Sends- you know it sort of started
2: mm-hmm.
1: i have i've always been an itb fan girl right like I, I just i have been in full support of this since the very beginning i drive the guys crazy with like oh what about this and oh let's add this and oh let's you know let's do this so the development of this i think i'm hoping and you guys let us know in the comments, if there's anything specific that, you know, you kind of want us to cover. And when we get, we're looking at launching more into this in early May. So, well, and I'll be away that first, the first four days. So we're, we're kind of looking at doing that in the beginning part of May, but we will solicit more feedback from you as we go. I want to do Q and A sections, all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. you get the best of both worlds. You get, Jordan introducing you to some really amazing members and you know the spotlight and, and meeting his ambassadors and things like that. Like you you get the people side of things and then we're gonna be bringing in the topic and the education and the Q&A side of things. So we kind of are, are hoping that between the two of us, we cover it all and we become a, a platform of support that is mm-hmm. basically unrivaled in the wellness community. Yes.
0: Yes. Because yeah. I don't. I don't know if you all know this, but it's gonna get big, and that's the best part. <laughs> is our community like and Lisa and Sarah do a phenomenal job on the bytes participant pages. Really, all of them. That is just like if y'all don't see that we have an amazing community, then you're not looking because it's ran by amazing members. It's ran by Sarah. Sarah is one of the admins and. She's been in maintenance, like she's a whirlwind of knowledge, and so is Lisa. Um, so I'm super excited for that.
1: Now, one of the things, and I just want to say, and this is for me one of the biggest things, because I am still currently a WW member as well. So if mm-hmm. you have any questions about how something is working on WW, I you know, we can look it up for you. But the biggest thing for me is in the Facebook groups, there is a lot of drama. A, a lot in other Facebook groups, there is a lot of drama. There is arguments and you know stuff that we work tremendously hard to make sure doesn't occur with us. Yeah. So while we are smaller than some, the main group has over thirty thousand members. You know, it we're we're not we're not minnows. Yeah, <laughs> and of that group very rare exceptions aside we just are all there for each other all Mm -hmm. the time yeah and so that to me is a standout difference you know i i just i really appreciate all the work that that sarah especially because she between she and i and mostly her (laughs) you know we we have like 15 different itrackbites based groups that we are trying to run for the community and then yeah. you know we're working in the community community part as well and you know we have such strong core people like amy ashley and arlene who are just indispensable yeah. members of you know and it's just yeah i i just yeah. i can't say enough to say how much i appreciate everything that we are doing and continue to do and are striving to achieve and it's just
0: yeah i'm just loving it about everything. <laughs> Love it. And, <laughs> okay, speaking, about, right and speaking about <laughs> Ashley, I'll shamelessly plug this in. If y'all haven't heard this week's Coffee Chat episode, it was with our coach, Ashley. And so y'all go you go listen to it because it was amazing. And I, I love being able to see ambassadors and also coaches and getting in with the coaches now and seeing that aspect of it rather than just the ambassadors. So I love it all. So let's now go into what I've been wanting. You only talk about what you're comfortable talking about, Lisa. This is the rest of the time is for you. You have a very special journey and you know, you're my friend. You're my personal friend. I love you. So many people need to hear it. So only let out what you want to let out, but the show's yours. I've listened to it all. I've talked to y'all. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy my coffee, (laughs) inspire and shine.
1: Well, I mean, I guess... I'm a pretty open book. I mean, my, my story is on YouTube, you know, it, yeah. it and it was, I didn't pull any punches when I put that together. So how short? I, I don't, I can't see the clock on my phone. So you
0: have probably about
1: 40-ish, 45 minutes. Oh, okay. I promise I won't talk y'all zero for 45 minutes. Okay. <laughs> yep. But, but here's the deal. So I have only intentionally tried to lose weight once before in my life. So, I was overweight as a kid. I was overweight as a teenager. And like many, 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 many of us, you know, I dealt with the bullying and the just a whole ton of negativity that comes along with that. And there is a, now, I will say this first. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a trigger warning because I have been cautioned that um, you know, I, I, okay, I'm just going to be straight up, but but know ahead of time that there's a little trigger warning here. A lot of us who carry excess weight do this because of trauma. Mm-hmm. And in my case, it was sexual assault as a kid and as a teenager, and and I didn't realize it at the time. But I found that, or or I believed, that if I made a certain range, and in my case, it was like 200 to 230. So basically, trauma, teenager, I, I worked out that if I stayed within like 200, 225, 230, then I was, I created an invisibility for myself. I wasn't so obese that everybody stopped and stared and kind of made a big deal of it. But I was also, I also weighed enough that I didn't attract attention and I didn't realize it then. I didn't know that that was why I was kind of comfortable or I stayed at that weight. I just knew that the unwanted attention that I was getting stopped. And part of it stopped because I moved and I was in a different environment. And part of it stopped because I honestly feel like at that weight, I was, and through my actions, um, I very intentionally took all attention away from me. As much as I talk now, you wouldn't believe it, but but that was, <laughs> that was the case then. So fast forward a little bit, I decided in 2005, and I wasn't having very many health issues at the time. I had a little bit of high blood pressure. I had some minor things going on, but I was living in New Zealand. I was married. Things were just kind of cruising along. And I hit my 30th birthday and I was like, you know what? I'm not particularly comfortable in my body. Um, At that point, I hadn't really even started thinking about the mental side of things. And so I was just like, what can I do to lose some weight? And at the time, W.W. was doing core, and then that changed into Simply Filling. And that's where I started. And over from 2005 till a little bit into 2000 and uh, late six, early seven, maybe, in about 14 months, I lost 102 pounds. This was fantastic. I was like, yep, walk into work. I was going to the gym on my way to work. New Zealand has... Such a different food perspective. Like it, it's, I mean, it's two islands, you know. So it's fresh seafood is everywhere, fresh produce is everywhere. It's everything that you're getting is very much what I struggle to do now, which is be, you know, whole food focused. Like it's, it's, it was way easier to do that there, and the weight just kind of it came off. I was putting a lot of effort in, and and it was it was all good. But, and this is why I really want to do more work on healthy habits and changing our relationships with why we use food as a coping mechanism and all these kind of things, because I didn't address or I didn't know or acknowledge the portion of my weight gain that was keeping me there. That was the emotional part. So my normal habit was I would walk from home to the beach, and then there was like this little mountain trail and um it was a it was a town it definitely wasn't a city, and we had like a little row of shops and things like that, but everything shut up shop at five o'clock and it got it, it, at this particular time it was getting dark about seven ish so it's not like I was walking in the dark and i'd walk this route every single day, so i'm walking from home, going down to the beach, and I'm stopped at a crosswalk, waiting for the light to change, and this Car full of guys starts yelling out the window and blowing their horn and really just being obnoxious. And I panicked. My heart went into my chest. And if you've seen Ice Age and you know Scrap, the little crazy squirrel, that's basically I was like squirrel on the road. Where do I run? Where do I go? How do I get away from these guys?
0: And Lisa, you were you had you had lost. Pretty, a good majority of your weight, you were a hundred and something pounds down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, and, and I'm wearing like walking leggings and a big t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not, and I mean, it was just normal. I was just walking from home and I was down a, at this point, I was down probably just over 90 pounds. So yeah. I started in New Zealand. I started at 278 and I was down about 90 odd pounds at this point. Which was below my two hundred
2: mm-hmm.
1: which i had which I hadn't worked out was my safety level, but that was where it was and and so they go through the light, make a u turn, come onto my side of the road, and they start coming down the road after me, basically, and they're they're yelling out the window and and I am freaked out. The only thing I can compare it to is to go from years of being in the dark. And it was like switching on glow sticks or a flashlight and going, Hey, I'm here. Look at me, pay attention. And that, that was never my intention, but that's what it felt like. All of a sudden I was getting the attention that I tried so hard for so many years to get rid of that I panicked. And (laughs) I, the only thing that was open happened to be a pizza hut (laughs) And it was one of the ones in like a little strip mall, not the standalone restaurant. And I go in and I, um, I didn't have a cell phone at this time. I mean, and I, I called my husband and I was like, I need you to come get me. I can't walk home. I don't feel safe. And much palava later, I, I got home. But at that point, I stopped walking. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped going to WW. I stopped I didn't immediately sort of jump into horrible eating habits, but I definitely changed my eating enough that I gained enough to be back into that buffer of like two or 210. And then I stayed there for a very, very long time because obviously getting any smaller than I was when this happened in my mind meant that it was just going to get worse and something terrible could happen. And I would have brought it on myself. And like, I realize how that sounds. And I realize that that's not true or accurate. And I realize that even if something had happened, it wouldn't have been weight loss's fault. It wouldn't have been my fault. But when you're in that, that's not how you see it. And that's not how I felt. And I had never dealt with any of this. So my way of dealing with it was to go into hardcore hiding. And I did that for a long, long time. And I just, I, weight loss was the last thing I wanted to do or think about or concentrate on. And so this time around, when we were talking, Sarah and I were talking years ago about what to do about my goal weight. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I've never been little. I was I was over 150 pounds as a teenager, as a kid. I don't know what a realistic goal weight for somebody my size is I didn't, I wasn't little and had kids and need to re-lose it. You know, I, I kind of, it's under 200 or under 185 is like <laughs> uncharted territory for me. So yeah, we will see, but it meant it was a long, long time later before it ever even occurred to me that any of this had anything to do with anything else. Like, like yeah, I've written a lot of articles about it's all connected. And we hold on to so much. And one of the things being from the South, you know, in our families, when they grew up having so much less than a lot of us did, you had a very clear your plate Mm -hmm. family mentality. You will eat what you're given if somebody else is deciding the portion sizes for you. And if you didn't clean your plate, then you couldn't leave the table. Or you were made to feel bad because there are starving children in Africa who, you know, would appreciate this meal and how dare you not eat it. And then there's this love food equivalent where we worry that we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or they're going to think that we're being rude if we say no to macaroni salad that we know is probably 12 points a cup. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're doing the the big old all the mayo and everything, in there. yeah, and we feel uncomfortable and shamed and embarrassed, and there's so much negativity that we hold on to that we developed as patterns you know from our families, and then in a lot of cases, we don't know better or think better, and we put that onto our own children, so you know i've I've watched families. And I'm not one of those people who can't go out to eat on my own. I I don't care. I will sit, you know, I'll go, I'll take myself to the movies. I'll take myself to a restaurant. I'm not worried about that. And I know a lot of people don't like going out in a situation like that. But I've watched families where they'll order something that I know even for me would be like two meals and they're still expecting their their children to eat a really huge portion of it, and the child can say, I'm not hungry or I don't want it or something like that. And then our natural response is to do what our parents did or what their parents did. And so we we kind of pass along these unhealthy habits, whether we mean to or not. Yeah. And I I think it's one of those things that until I realized the connection between that and what was going on with my weight, mm-hmm. I couldn't and wasn't ready to make any progress forward. Like I had yeah. hit a stopping point and I was comfortable in that stopping point. And if that yeah. meant that I was 220 pounds for the rest of my life, that meant I was 220 pounds were, for the rest yeah. of my life. And because that was my comfort zone mm-hmm. and that was, that was it.
2: Yeah.
1: Now in 2010 with a whole bunch of other stuff that happened. I ended up moving back to the States. Yeah. <laughs> and I did okay for quite a while here. And then in about 2016, I started getting what we're only just kind of, we're still getting to the bottom of it now, but I yeah. started developing some autoimmune issues and some health mm-hmm. issues. And in 2017, so here, here is where this new journey began. So up until this point, I lost the hundred and two pounds. Then I regained enough to put me in my bubble where I was comfortable, and then I maintained in that bubble from like two thousand and six until about two thousand and sixteen. So there was about a ten year maintenance. And yes, that maintenance was higher than my doctor would have liked, and higher than you know was particularly healthy for me. But but it was where I needed to be at that time. So in two thousand and seventeen. I woke up one morning and I was just under 20 pounds heavier than I went to bed. It's like 19.8. And this is the first time I had seen such a huge thing. And I kind of wrote it off at, you know, we talk about you can have a sodium gain and you can have like meds changes and hormonal things. And there's all kinds of things that contribute to it. But most people don't put on 20 pounds overnight. and then. I put on again, like a couple of weeks later, it was like 16 pounds. A couple of weeks later, it was another 14 pounds. So this weight came crashing back at a hugely fast rate. And when I restarted the second time, I was at 298. So I started in New Zealand at 278, got down to, uh, you know, and, and went back up to 200. So I basically put on a hundred pounds in the course of a very, a relatively short amount of time. And I'm now back at kind of the base of that mountain doing it again. Mm-hmm. The first year I decided to go back to what I knew worked, which was simply filling. So the other thing I decided to do was to take that year, loss, gain, maintain the scale I was going to track. I was going to track my weight, but I was not going to let one week's weigh-in dictate how I needed to, like, work the next week and and not panic and not feel guilty because I had already seen there was going to be a series of gains and it was going to happen. So if I got freaked out every time I gained two pounds, it, <laughs> I would I would have given up, and I. Have told Sarah, I think, with what's going on with my body, if I stopped doing what I'm doing now, I would be 500 pounds without question. Not because I was eating poorly, but just because of everything that's going on. Yeah. So I decided to take a year and focus on learning intentional eating strategies, you know, mindfulness in eating, and really focus on addressing the mental issues that were kind of trapping me in, in this belief that I had to be 225 pounds.
0: Yeah. So where at it's, first of all, how tall are you? Like what's your height? So people can know. Five four. So you're five, four. So what are you doing now as far as, because I know a lot of people, I mean, you do have a lot of health issues. Are they getting better? Like that, that's the thing, like, no. So you're trying your best to what, what are you kind of doing now as far as for your weight loss journey to right. you want to get back down to where there's a comfortable, healthy weight for you, even though the bricks are coming against you. You know what I mean? That's like the biggest thing that I always feel from you is like you, you have a great, successful week. And then I talk to you and then it's like, but this else happened. Like yeah. where are we at now? So-
1: Okay. So basically when I restarted, I started Simply Filling and I did a year on pretty much doing that, which if you're not familiar with the old SF plan, they have a huge zero list, which would be like our better balance list on steroids. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you didn't get any dailies. You just had weeklies. And so basically you ate predominantly whole food focus, which I'm still doing, and then like you had weeklies to spend on extras that weren't on the list. Yeah. So my my intention was that I need when I started discovering what was triggering a lot of this inflammation, it's chemical preservatives in foods, it's food additives. Yeah. There is a to a certain degree there are like I have a a histamine intolerance. So there are certain foods that will trigger it if I um, If I thaw out a protein and I don't eat that protein within 12 hours, the histamine level gets so much that I have a reaction. Non-proteins, I only have like 24 hours. So I yeah. can't meal prep five days worth of meals ahead of time because I'm not supposed to be having leftovers. Yeah. Um, things that come in a can, bag, box, I have to be, you know, nutritional label ninja. You 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 really have to go through, and there are. I have like tears. I have certain levels where something might have potassium sorbate, and it's not the end of the world. I eat it. I have. I know I'm going to have a reaction, but it's a little one. You know, my eyes get swollen. I get sniffly. I get like like hay fever symptoms. Yeah, nothing dangerous, and it's normally gone within 24 hours. Then there's other things that are like level three which will knock me on my butt and I, I have problems for days and then there's other stuff that affects my blood pressure and my breathing, which are already yeah. problematic. So, like, I have to be, I try to eat as little of the highly processed stuff as possible. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I don't ever eat anything out of a can or a jar, but yeah. it means that I've read the ingredient label and I'm pretty comfortable that as long as it's reported correctly, that that particular item is okay. Since... Covid, And since not going to like Kroger as often, I have a Misfit Market subscription. Like I've just gotten yeah. my 42nd box or something from them. So I order and they do all organic produce. So I order as much as I can. Again, clean, organic, non-GMO. I'm eating a lot of stuff that's coming in the raw and whole form and very and I, I won't say like I don't want to come across as saying oh never eat processed food because that's not true. Pasta is processed, you know. Yeah. But I but I know what's in it. Or I might use if I haven't made a I'll use beans as an example. Mm-hmm. I still buy cans of beans because if I cook them in the crock pot, I have I only have a 24 hour window.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: I can't really store it. And then so like there are things that from a opening a smaller portion or or the histamine window or something like that, you know, I still use mm-hmm. packaged products. But so what I'm doing now is better balance
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the purple modification. So my potatoes and whole grains and everything, I don't count. Yeah. But each meal is basically half a plate of veggies and that can be a salad or steamed vegetables roasted vegetables, something. And I there are very few vegetables I don't eat. So it's half a plate of that, a quarter of a plate complex carb of some type. So that's my potatoes, yeah. quinoa, couscous, rice, you know, pasta, and then a quarter protein. So that's my kind of plate divide. And most, most snacks that are not fruit related are It contains stuff that I shouldn't be having. So 99% of if I'm going to have anything between a meal, it's going to be fruit. So a a normal day for me is two meals. I have like a brunch and then a Mm -hmm. dinner. So I very rarely do I eat three. And that's not for any other reason other than with everything going on. I'm generally, it's almost like a form of uh, IF, of intermittent fasting. Yeah. And mine's because my meds make me nauseous. So it takes me, I have to be up like four or five hours before I can actually sit down to my first meal. And by that time it's one or two o'clock in the afternoon anyway, and then I'll just have dinner. So I'll generally have that. And then I might have some fruit in between and that's kind of it. Um, so that's my day is basically two meals, fruit. And, as much eat the rainbow, yeah, whole fresh food, you know, like so i my car's been away for weeks, and uh, some friends came over, picked me up, and took me to Korea the other night, and the happens you have, and <laughs> you guys you guys are either if you've seen my Instagram or you've seen my one days. You know, I tend to like some weird proteins and I eat some kind of strange meals, but like they had frog legs on special. So I bought some more frog legs and they had, I never buy lobster because to me, it pretty much tastes like shrimp, but it's way more expensive. It's generally like $11 a tail. They had Mm -hmm. them for five bucks. I was like, okay. So I grabbed a couple of those. And so I tend to have, I eat a huge range of proteins of course on better balance the only proteins that are zero are your poultry and your seafood. Yeah. and i already eat a lot of seafood and fish but i don't i don't restrict myself to only what's on that like i eat beef and pork and <laughs> frog legs yeah. and buffalo yeah. and, you know so so i'm not really worried about like i have a wide variety of proteins there's very few veggies that i i don't eat um, I order stuff through misfits that I can't get here or that I've never had before. Yeah. And then me and Google are like, Ooh, what can I do with this? <laughs> yeah. So I, from a chemical sort of standpoint, I can't do most, I can't do any artificial sweeteners, yeah. including stevia, truvia, monk fruit. It's, it's still processed. It's still chemically processed, even though it's yeah. a natural sweetener. And I, I, um, the first and and I've tried, I've tested the theory a couple of times, but the first time I had a cranberry juice with stevia in it, and it was like an ocean spray. It was just cranberry juice, concentrate water, and stevia. And I had to drive myself to the hospital with this eye completely swollen shut, like three times its normal size, and this eye was swollen, and I'm like driving with this little slit of eye to go to the hospital because of the stevia. So, so I can't do the sugar freeze and with a few exceptions to some fat-free dairy, like I can handle the, the fat-free um, Greek yogurt as mm. long as it doesn't have some of the chemical components. Yeah. It. Yeah. But in general, no sugar-free, very, very limited fat-free, very limited processed and it, <laughs> I kind of plan my plates by color. So I'm like, okay, I need to have some, I, and I just go through the rainbow and I'm like, what can I put on there that's either red, orange, or yellow? What can yep. I put on there that's green? What can I put on there that's you know, purple? So mm-hmm. like I buy purple potatoes or purple yams or red onion to do that. Yeah. I eat a lot of peppers and tomatoes and Fruits and things and salads that kind of incorporate that color, both because it makes me happy and it's
0: pretty and I like
1: it, but I'm also sure to get in all my, you know, I eat way more veggies that way.
0: So, Oh yeah. My question to you now is where are you going now? Like what is, it's going to be May, you know what I mean? We're almost into the summertime. What's it going to look like for you for the rest of 2021? Like what are you trying to do? You know, what are some and I would call those short term goals because they're they're in this year. Right.
1: So eating wise, I made a sort of commitment to myself at the beginning of the year that I was going to track the entire year on better balance, Mm -hmm. purple modification. My eating doesn't change no matter how I track it. Because yeah. I've done calorie command for a while and just tracked everything. I did conquer cravings with sort of the simply filling or the yeah. core modifications, but my eating doesn't really change. So that will pretty much stay the same. The plan is to continue better balance for, you know, at least the rest yeah. of the year. I don't know that this will happen. I'm struggling to find somebody to help me out with my lawn, but I had this lofty idea of having, um, a little wooden structured greenhouse put in. I have some spare and yeah. that if I had it like cleared out with a backhoe, then huh? I could put in some raised beds and start raised doing yep. it a little bit. I have to be careful about <laughs> like if I walk to my mailbox and back, I can't breathe. So I can't get out there and do major gardening. But I could grow a good portion of what I'm getting from the supermarket, you know, at home. So I'm kind of, I we will see if that happens. I have to get somebody to come clear the land. I have to get somebody yeah, to build the structure. That's a
0: good goal though.
1: And then in terms of like numerics. So this past week I was like 245. And what I'd like to do is hit my hundred pound loss, which is 198. Yes. Okay, So I started at 298.8, so almost 300. So 198.8 would be a hundred pounds lost and it would be wonderland. Yeah, And I have that tagged for the end of the year. Now I did some math and for a lot of people, 40 pounds by the end of the year is not, wouldn't be that difficult. But this since January, I have actually fluctuated 30 pounds. I got down to 229 and then my highest with inflammation, I went back up to 260. And it doesn't go away it doesn't go yes. away the next week it doesn't just you know I, I if it happens it takes me weeks to get rid of it so i did some math and basically if i lost a pound and a quarter a week so 1.2 1.25 a week between now and the end of the year i'll hit my 198 yeah and my smaller goal in, in the interim is the, is 223, which is my 75 pounds. I've hit that multiple times and then I yeah. keep bouncing back out of that. But I'm, I'm looking at like that by July and then 198 by end of the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Continue on the same. The eating part's not going to change. Um, and then maybe do this little greenhouse
0: thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait. Thank you, thank you, Lisa. This was a great interview, and this is a great that people could hear your story. Yours is a little different than most people's, but you still have the goal to get down to where you want to be. You know, and And
1: so I think having a look at the at the charts, the basic charts that are around. So I have my fingers do not even remotely touch. Yeah. So when when you look at Weight charts, you've got like not only age, but also frame. Now, and in my case, even though I'm only in my 40s, I actually had to have, it was a, a double oophorectomy, which is not the same as a hysterectomy, but it did the same thing. By the time I was in my 20s, I was in menopause. Yeah. So I've been in menopause for 25 years. Yeah. And so you add like that to health stuff and weight loss is different for me anyway. Yes. But when you look at the weight charts if you have a big frame and they say if your if your fingers overlap then you're small framed if they touch you're medium framed and if they don't touch then you're large framed and you want to use your middle finger and your thumb and put it around your dominant wrist.
0: Oh lord have mercy.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, so we're so we're both in the big bone category. So when we say <laughs> Well, when we say, you know, we're big bones, that's true. If that's true. The, the deal. And there are actual measurements that go along with it, but that's like a yeah. quick way you can look at it. So according to that, for my height, I should be somewhere between 135 and 155. So I kind of split it down the middle and I was like, all right, we're going to stay 145. Yeah. I've never been there. I don't know what I'm going to look like at 160. You know, maybe I stopped there. <laughs> How long is it going to take me to get there? At my current rate of losing, <laughs> I could be five years in total right from like when I started so I started sort of seriously doing this in two thousand and nineteen because between seventeen and nineteen yeah I was just up down, up down yeah. up, and I put on that hundred pounds and so so we're looking at like I started in two thousand and nineteen as of right now I'm down just over fifty so if it took me two years to do fifty. I don't know. I, I, I'm I thinking it could be five years. So for yeah. anybody out there who is like, you know, it's taking me six months, <laughs> take six months and run with it. Don't, yeah. don't feel bad about it. You know, it's, yeah. it takes however long it takes. And for me, it's not about how long it takes to get there. But once you get there, can you sustain it?
0: Sustain it, can yes. Can you
1: maintain that loss? because you change things enough that you don't repeat the habits that got you there in the first place.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely.
1: So, yeah. So that's the biggest thing for me is just, I, and I put it on most of my weekly ways. as
0: I'm like, just uh-huh. keep swimming. Yeah. It
1: is totally a just keep swimming thing until I get where I need to be.
0: Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Lisa, for joining me tonight. I hope you had a good time like I did. And I hope everybody's going to be able to hear this on the podcast. So it's going to be great. All right. So, you guys have a
1: good night. I'll talk to
0: yeah. you later. Thanks, Lisa.